Hello, and welcome to Songwriters Spotlight, the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative Series. I'm Dr. Dan, your host of the show, where we feature Western Mass songwriters who perform their original songs and talk about the art of songwriting. Stay tuned to explore more about music and the tunesmithing that creates it. Our performer in this episode is Michael Orlin, a veteran musician and songwriter whose performance displays his skill and experience as an artist. I give you Michael Orlin. Hi there. This song is called Flowering Crab. It gets its name from a tree planted beside the fourth tee at the Amherst Golf Club. If you ever happen to be there, it's the, uh, the tree with the collection of ceramic frogs under it. The sun came up this morning just like any other day start a lazy slide across the sky Workmen in their coveralls Other passers-by Those of us who'd come to say goodbye I wonder how he would have liked this January day I can almost hear the shuffle of his feet Dancing to a different tune A different drum at least Then in the end, just dancing with the beast daily lives, commitment and career. Sometimes hard to say the things we mean. Now and then I think about a friend who once was here. Now and then in Plant a tree where I can sit and watch the sun go by Celebrate a January sky I'll keep him in my memory For all the passers-by Everyone who comes to say goodbye Over the years, I've written many songs for uh, assigned themes at the Pioneer Valley Folklore Society. This is one of those songs. When I first got the theme, the theme was change. I thought, no. Earth tilts one way, the ice pack goes. Everything greens up nicely. 
earth tilts the other way Before you know You're out there shoveling your driveway That's just something I observed is true I don't let it change the things I do If you keep on playing Eventually you're gonna win That's the basket all of my eggs are in Downtown waiting for the train when my ship comes in You just gotta forgive me For all this acting strange It's much too late to change Meantime I just complain about the weather <laughs> At least I'm doing something Lightning, wind, hail, freezing rain, whatever I'm only sure of one thing here to raise the bar for you Don't you let me change the things you do If you keep on playing eventually you're gonna win That's the basket all of my eggs are in If I'm downtown waiting for the train when my ship comes in Gotta forgive me for all this acting strange. It's much too late to change. So don't look for hidden meaning here. Don't read between the rhymes. Just a half dozen wires, a wooden box, and a pencil out of its mind. And one or two things I've observed is true. change the things I do If you keep on playing eventually you're gonna win That's the basket all of my eggs are in If I'm downtown waiting for the train when my ship comes in You just gotta forgive me for all this acting strange it's too late to change So if I'm downtown waiting for the train when my ship comes in You gotta forgive me For all this acting strange It's much too late to change This is a pretty song Typical kids in a typical time In a typical New England town With all of our power All of our promise All of our defenses down No thought of college or war And no knowledge of failure to get in our way with a 
Your life and mine never find the same page I'll be thinking of you as I age Typical girl, typical boy Typical Saturday dance And you so appealing And me with the feeling Of falling in love at first glance No way to know where the future would go Or that this might be ending one day With your love and mine ever find the same page be thinking of you as I age. I'll be thinking of you while I'm lying at night in the spell of a September sky. The words will be there on the tip of my tongue, but no one to hear them nearby. Typical kids in a typical time In a feeling that won't go away Whether your act and mine ever find the same stage I'll be thinking of you as I age Whether your act and mine ever find the same stage I'll be thinking of you as I age probably told this story a hundred times. Some time ago, I was writing a song about underdogs, and I got to the chorus, and three examples came to mind. One, religious, and two, in sports. But one of the sports underdogs I thought was very obscure. Until a few weeks back during the U.S. Open, when it was played in Brookline, Massachusetts, the story was retold by every announcer, just time and time again. Probably dozens of times. You see, back in 1913, the greatest golfer on the planet was an Englishman named Harry Varden, who came to Brookline that year to compete in our U.S. Open, where he was soundly defeated by a young man, a caddy, who lived across the street. That young caddy's name, Francis Wimet. I know what you're thinking I know how you feel You spend your days pushing A rock up a hill And just when you've made it Just when you're through Seems there's always a faster dog than you Remember Goliath and David Varden we met how the Baltimore Orioles met the 69 Mets. 
the arrows of fortune will fall where they may. A dog will have his day. You've been thinking You've no way to turn No way to cash in The things that you've learned But you're always the cowboy Struggling through Always facing a bigger dog than you I know that this isn't My best written song Good to be right, I don't mind being wrong I just thought you might need to hear someone say You can take that bigger dog today Goliath and David Varden, we met How the Baltimore Orioles met the 69 Mets The arrows of fortune will fall where they may A dog will have his day The arrows of fortune will fall where they may A dog will have his day little thing. I gave her my heart, my letter. I gave her my high school ring. Hair as soft as anything. Skin as smooth as silk. Some girls age like vintage wine. My girl age like milk. That's what I'm talking about. Bad news. The river is rising and I'm up to my nuts in the blues. I know the world is ending I've seen all the clues That's what I'm talking about Bad news I left home and hit the road Dirty, drunk, and wild Then I thought I'd better find A safer lifestyle Then I met and hooked up With the sweetest little gal Settled down and bought a home In a place called Love Canal That's what I'm talking about Bad news The river is rising And I'm up to my nuts in the blues I know the world is ending I've seen all the clues That's what I'm talking about Bad news This mountain, 
you know where I'm gonna go. Gonna buy myself a lottery ticket. You know how that'll go. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself in line. Buy a lottery ticket. The one right after mine. That's what I'm talking about. Bad news. The river is rising and I'm up to my nuts in the blues. The world is ending I've seen all the clues That's what I'm talking about Bad news That's what I'm talking about Bad news out there who will harm you words are their weapon of choice obstacles you may run into hiding the smoke and the noise well I'm not complaining so don't get me wrong I'm just staring off into the blue One day you're sitting on top of the world Next day you're playing to lose But if I could fly Amelia I've seen all the cities I've seen all the towns But if I could fly Amelia I'd never return to the ground There were times that I needed more focus More focus than time would allow Times that I needed more courage no time more pressing than now I'll be keeping my eyes on the western horizon Chasing the sun across the sky Forgetting the sound of my life on the ground In less than the wink of an eye If I could fly I've seen all the cities, I've seen all the towns But if I could fly Amelia I'd never return to the ground Keeping my eyes on the western horizon Chasing the sun across the sky Forgetting the sound of my life on the ground 
rest in the wink of an eye If I could fly, Amelia I've seen all the cities, I've seen all the towns But if I could fly, Amelia I'd never return to the ground Thank you. You just heard some brilliant performances by Michael Orlin. I appreciate that very much. Well, thank you. Yeah. So uh, great songs and great performances too, but it, which is exactly what I expected. So uh, it could have gone either way, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, nevertheless. So um, you've obviously practiced a lot, and yeah, I do play a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and for some time now. When did you start writing and performing? Well, I started, uh, well, probably writing and performing about the same time in 1967. I had played guitar for about a year at that point. And uh, the first songs that I can remember having written were right, right around then. Mm -hmm. uh, don't ever ask me to do them, but uh, <laughs> they weren't my best work. Ah. So what got you started? Well, that's, that's kind of funny. It's, uh, songwriting is, is tough. It's not necessarily fun. It's, I think, I, as I told you before, it's a lot like weightlifting. It's, uh, it's hard work. It hurts. But if you know the result you want, there's only one way to get it, and that's whether you want a hard body or a good song. You've got to work at it. And I, I do enjoy uh, seeing the results of the work. Mm-hmm. So uh, wh where were you when you first started performing your songs? Oh, in the Granby South Hadley, Holyoke area, mm -hmm. really right around here. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until 1968 that I moved to Boston and began playing there. Mm -hmm. so, the, uh, so what kinds of places did you perform? Around, around Western Mass? Yeah. Well, little coffee houses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was no money in it, certainly, but... Uh, there were a lot of little coffee houses, houses, a lot of opportunity, and uh, of course, I needed a lot of practice. Mm. So it worked out. Well, that paid off, no question about it. Um, so what, what time in, in your career did you do the most performances? Well, the most performances, probably back in... Um, I'm thinking back in the late 70s or the mid 70s, I guess the uh, that's 1970s. The uh, when I actually worked, uh, well, five nights a week, really, hmm. and you know, and later on, uh, later on a little less, mm -hmm. but certainly I've I've always worked quite a bit until. Well, I think I worked a lot until about 1980 and put it away for a while. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, in the 70s, you, you were in Boston, is that? I was in Boston until about, uh, oh, 71, I guess. Mm -hmm. 1970 or 71, yeah. And you came back here and started, came back here and started playing here. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, nice. Okay, so, um, so some of your uh, songs were inspired by songwriting challenges. Um, can you, you noted one song in particular. Yeah. Well, I started, uh, the hardest part, I think, of writing a song is getting it started, getting the first, mm. the first idea. What are you writing about? You know, there, there are people that sit down with a piece of paper for days and never know what their song is going to be about. And I just found that if somebody told you to write a song about X, you would just start. And it seemed a lot easier. So uh, I began taking the, uh, the monthly themes of the Pioneer Valley Folklore Society as a homework assignment. And I would write a song, bring it in the next, bring it in the next month and show it off. And before you know it, I was on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So did they provide feedback as well, uh, suggestions or inspirations? They provided the theme, yeah. basically. And as far as uh, feedback, well, yeah, there was feedback the following month when you performed it. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. some people have benefited from belonging to songwriting clubs or sure. business, but uh, in this case, it was just getting the inspiration. Yeah. I've been involved in a couple of them, a couple mm -hmm. of songwriting organizations. And uh, in fact, along with Sue Krantz, briefly, we ran one up in Turner's Falls. Hmm. And that's, a, that's an interesting thing, too, because people do leave with an idea of what their next song is going to be about. Hmm. So. Okay, so, um, so who are some of the people who inspired your songwriting? I was very fortunate to, uh, to grow up in a place like Western Mass, where there was a, there was a club that brought in some of the best uh, singer-songwriters of the era. Uh, and it was in Springfield, a club called the Pesky Sarpent, where uh, I saw songwriters like Patrick Skye, uh, Eric Anderson, Carl Watanabe, uh, uh, oh, just tons and tons of songwriters. You know, uh, every night of the week, every week of the year, there were new songwriters brought in. So, um, was there any particular artist who uh, pushed you in a direction or helped you? Uh, well, I, you? I certainly like the, the ragtime work of, uh, of Dave Van Ronk and mm -hmm. Patrick Skye mm -hmm. and the songwriting, songwriting of uh, Eric Anderson, Carl Watanabe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely some great wordsmiths there. Um, and then... You, you uh, were also inspired by some of the, the greats, uh, right? Yeah, later on, I, I began to listen to more and more uh, different music, especially once I moved to Boston, mm -hmm. because uh, music in Boston was really different then in 1968. WBCN had just come on the air. And until 1968, they were a classical music station, and they started playing 24 hours of rock and roll mm -hmm. without commercials. And that affected everyone with a radio. Uh, so uh, all of a sudden I was inspired by rock and roll musicians and, and some pop musicians, pop mm -hmm. musicians like the Bryants. Uh, Brian Wilson. I was a fan of Brian Wilson, I think, long before I picked up the guitar. Um, mm -hmm. I, but certainly there were... Uh, a lot of people in Boston, a lot of local songwriters that I was inspired by, uh, guys like uh, Kenny Gerard and Paul McNeil. 
couple of brilliant songwriters. Mm -hmm. So what kinds of things did they do that uh, helped you think about your songwriting? <laughs> it, it wasn't until I was in Boston in 1968 that I learned about the importance of the bridge. <laughs> mm. And guys like uh, Paul McNeil were just so far ahead of me. They just really uh, wrote terrific songs, very well constructed uh, from verse to chorus to bridge and out. They were just phenomenal songs. And those were the songs I wanted to learn how to write. Hmm. Okay. So it gave you kind of an ideal for what you wanted to be. It did, yes. Uh -huh. yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so what topics do you like to write about? I'll write about almost anything. Uh, I don't I don't much care. I write goofy songs. I write love songs. I write uh, songs about history. There are things that I won't write about. For example, I, uh, I don't write anything political. Or anything religious. Uh, political songs, no matter, how, no matter how good you think they are, no matter how good they actually are, are probably pissing off as many people as enjoy them. <laughs> and that's not, uh, that's not the direction I want to take songwriting. And I consider religious songs about the same. You know, they're, uh, they're certainly some of the greatest melodies ever written are religious, but they, I think they really belong in church where people who with the same beliefs get to hear them. Mm -hmm. Taking them to the public just introduces them to people with, uh, who won't like them. And it doesn't seem my purpose as a songwriter to write songs that 50% of the people out there aren't going to like. Right. Okay. So, um, so, apart from the top, so the topics vary tremendously. Um, are there ways to describe your songwriting that, uh, that you would, you know, suggest to someone? Oh, what would I say to another songwriter? Yeah, <laughs> work hard. Uh, <laughs> there's, I am reminded of uh, well that quote by uh, John David Souther, who said, a, "A songwriter should tell the truth. If not, a very good lie." Yeah, um, and of course that reminded me of something that Mark Twain said: that the truth is good, but a lie is better because it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that the songs you did for us and this performance—not uh, all of them were exactly true. So, Probably uh, not. You know, uh, there are moments of truth in some of them. I'm sure. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, there's some very, a uh, lot of fantasy mm -hmm. and very interesting fantasy. There's a little of that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly some humor. Yeah, yeah. No, no question about that. Um, so once you, once you have an idea and you're sitting down, you have an assignment from the Pioneer Valley Folklore Society, um, how does the song come together for you? Well... <laughs> I can remember hearing songwriters say, uh, the song just came to me, wrote itself. And that must feel really good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Mine don't come like that. Yeah. They're, uh, uh, I don't sit down and write. Um, some of my best songs have uh, come to me inside a motorcycle helmet. 
you know, 70 miles an hour inside a motorcycle helmet, thinking of a song and thinking of lyrics and chords, lyrics, chords, and, mel and melodies. And once I've got something, uh, I take it to a guitar and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people have difficulty remembering what it is they wrote. Uh, that can happen. Yeah. It, <laughs> Especially yeah. the older we get, but, uh, but certainly, uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt to scribble things down, I guess, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I tend to, I tend to really have something before, before I write it down. And writing it down is, uh, it's more the process of finishing it than the process of, of writing it. Hmm. Okay. And, and, and the music is usually already there. I already have it. I already know the, uh, the changes. I already know the melody. Uh, by the time I get to a piece of paper. Yeah, that's, I think that's somewhat unusual. Uh, a lot of people, you know, get the words and work on the melody or they get the melody and, and find words to go mm -hmm. with it, but you say they come at the same time. Yeah, I've done that, mm -hmm. but I don't anymore. Uh, there's a, uh, I'm trying to think of this. There's a song I wrote uh, that I found I found the lyrics to possibly 10 or 12 years after I wrote them. And it was, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of the song, but it turned out to be a really good song. You know, if I had a, a melody and, and, and all in mind when I wrote the words, I had no idea what that was mm -hmm. by the time I found it. You know, I had to, so I guess I could put words to music, but I, I really choose not to. Mm -hmm. I really choose to do everything at once. You're more likely to have uh, a melody that fits the lyric if you do them both at the same time. And yeah, there are times perhaps when you don't want a melody to fit the lyric or you don't want the timing to fit the lyric. There are uh, sadder songs that are done quickly that I really like. I think the first song I did tonight was kind of a, kind of a sad song. But it's played happily, mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't. Uh, that's basically the way I write. Mm -hmm. You know, everything has to be around at once. And I know that I've, I've said that it's uh, it's hard work and it's like lifting weights. But uh, sometimes it all isn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it comes a little easier than that. Uh, and as I said, inside of a motorcycle helmet works very well for me. <laughs> I'll have to get myself a motorcycle. Well, that's, that's it. Or just advice. a helmet and something to make noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, neat. Um, are there other things that uh, you'd like to tell uh, other songwriters about uh, in addition to Souther? And well, um, hmm. Just work hard at it uh, and get things right. And when they're right, just get away from them and get on to the next one. Mm -hmm. That way you can go back and enjoy the song if you're not rewriting it or, or if you're not trying to improve it all the time. You can enjoy the song as if it were someone else's. Mm -hmm. And it's important to, to lay out a song like that and 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 respect it just as a song, not, not necessarily as something you're still working on. 
Have you ever uh, written a song and then gone back uh, a year or two later and said, you know, maybe I should tweak it a little bit? Is that? Or uh, well, I have. Yes, I have. The uh, uh, certainly done that. I rewrote a couple of old a couple of old songs that were mm -hmm. worth saving and that had parts worth saving. But uh, yeah, every song you write isn't going to be good. And there are songs I've written a, a bunch of songs that. Uh, I just wind up in a drawer somewhere, and I always remember them, mm. and I steal from them. Mm. Best plagiarism going, <laughs> stealing parts of your old songs. There's a song that uh, I wrote for the Connecticut River Watershed Council that uh, says, I just want the Connecticut and a song and a dog I won't outlive. Now, you've heard that song. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. Well... I wrote a song ways before that that I didn't like. I wrote it about a guitar. And there was a line in it that said, I just want this old guitar and a song and a dog I won't outlive. Mm -hmm. And I loved the line, but the song was awful. <laughs> so what else are you going to steal from? Right. And so I've got uh, a number of those, a number of songs that have lines taken out of, uh, well, songs that I didn't care for, mm -hmm. that had much I did care for. Yeah, and stay out of legal trouble, too. <laughs> yes. Oh, nice, nice. So um, anything you'd like to add uh, to our well, viewers? Uh, yes. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. It, it was very easy to listen to. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> very enjoyable. And thank you for sharing your thoughts. Okay. So, be very thank helpful. Yeah, thank you. It was you. a pleasure. Yes. Thanks for watching our show. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative, promoting the original music scene in Western Massachusetts. If you want to learn more about the WMSC, go to their Facebook page. Thanks for watching. I'm Dr. Dan. I hope you'll tune in again for the show that puts a spotlight on songwriters.